What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. Thank you, Vince Lombardi, once again for leading me in. You couldn't ask for a better person to lead you in on a week. Uh, 13 in the NFL, we're going to have the Motown Mauler on in a second. Um, And we are going to be trying to take step one in doing some things that not everyone does. You know, I listen to a lot of these podcasts, and again, I know it sounds like I'm probably putting them down, but I'm not. I'm trying to differentiate what I do from what they do and trying to find new ground. And most of the podcasts come on at the end of the week, and they give you who their picks for the week are. I like this guy. I hate that guy. I like this guy. I like that guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. But my 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 partner or the person that I'm going to be working with a lot on this, the Motown Mauler, uh, and I want to teach you to fish. And a big part of that is because I'm still new at this and I want to learn to fish. So here, fishy, fishy, here, fishy, fishy. So without much further ado, let's, uh, let's see, what music do I want? Oh, yeah, the Mauler's music. Michigan Mauler, and you know, I might not have this right, Mauler, but didn't you say something to me like you were smoking pot and couldn't find your way home? <laughs> well, you had a lot of it right. There were some potholes here uh, on my way home today, so I couldn't even make it back to my office for the radio show, so we're doing it from the road for a few minutes, but you know, uh, up here in Michigan, we probably have the 50th ranked roads out of 50 states, so it's uh, It happens all the time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, uh, sorry about your difficulties, but since you're on the road, maybe we could make a buddy movie. Well, it, it could be fun. And, you know, I get pumped up every time you bring the Mahler's music. I feel like I'm walking in for a, a wrestling title fight with my entourage. So I get hey, psyched when I hey. hear that, and I get ready to go. Hey, brother, you ready to drop some real knowledge? Uh, I go back to the days when I used to think wrestling was real. Yeah, I never really thought it was real, but I always wanted to at least think that it might be real. And that's why I like the NWA and later the WCW more than Vince McMahon. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the, the WWE is a carnival, and I don't play that game, as my good friend Arnold would say. Couple, couple quick things. I, I've heard people want WWE fantasy, and I tried to explain to them that it's not real, that people know the outcome, so that wouldn't be right. And when I was younger, I have a lot of younger siblings, and I used to wrestle with them. I was way older and bigger, and, you know, my dad didn't like it, so he wrote a letter to the WWF um, 
which was wrestling at the World Wildlife Foundation. And uh, I got a signed letter back from Hulk Hogan, you know, back when he was in a crime saying, hey, it's not real, lay off your brothers. And, it, you know, most people would be excited they got a letter autographed from Hulk Hogan. I was disturbed because he told me it wasn't real. Oh, that's funny that it took that for you to to, to get that. I have a pretty good uh, wrestling story myself, actually. My grandfather was a very, very strong guy. I mean, even in his 60s, he could rip a New York City phone book into four pieces. And he always told me that he had dabbled in wrestling when he was younger. So I had caught him not too soon before this event in a lie. He had told me that he was at the game where Babe Ruth hit his called shot home run. And... I knew because I'm a complete baseball nut in those days that that home run was hit in Chicago. So we, we had wrestling at our high school and this was in the seventies when, you know, cause I'm old and this is before Vince McMahon jr. Took over and Vince McMahon senior was still running it. And it was the WWF back then. And Bruno uh, San Martino was the wide wrestling federation. Correct. And Bruno was the champion and my grandfather took me. And you know, when you're a kid and you're afraid that you're going to get embarrassed, my grandfather said, I need to go look for Vince. And he was talking about senior and I'm sitting there cringing saying, Oh my gosh, my grandfather's going to embarrass me. So he finds this little old man and he goes, Vince, how you doing? And sure enough, Vince goes, who are you? And my grandfather goes, Lou Hirschbane. And Vince McMahon Sr. goes, oh, my gosh, Lou. He goes, I haven't seen you in 30 years. How the hell are you? No joke. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he turns to me and he says, your grandfather was a tough son of a bitch. That, we just started the show with two wrestling stories, Todd. How about that? We got a football show. We're going to talk a little bit about basketball, but we got the show started with a few wrestling stories. That's how we well, get differentiate ourselves from other people. Well, and, and you know and I know that while it's called the Football Funcast, I, I really feel like what's lacking in a lot of these podcasts is the human element. You know, I want someone who might not like football but still would be interested because he's interested in us and he's interested in what we talk about. I'd like women to be interested in the show because I'm interested in women. In fact, we talk (laughs) about fantasy, you know, my fantasy is Kate Upton. So, you know, I don't, you know, I'd like to set her DFS lineups. Well, I'll tell you what, I see her quite a bit down here uh, in Detroit. We have season tickets to the Tigers and every now and again, we'll get to go up to, uh, the sweets and every now and again you see her or I had a guy that uh, I play ball with that lives out by him and she's always out at uh, JV's place and whatnot. So maybe you come visit, you might be able to at least catch an eyeful. Well, that would be nice. That would be nice. So how did you fare in uh, NBA last night? NBA, I would have made money if I had played more cash. All my lineups that I played cashed in 55th and only a couple of them cashed in. I just missed with a couple lineups in tournaments. Um, let's see. I scored, I scored, let's see, 287, 265 and 271. So the 287, the 287 cashed in everything. And the yep. 265 didn't. And, and my DraftKings just missed also. But now what I'm going to be doing is I am going to um, – I, I really need to be more disciplined because I do this for fun. I don't play enough cash. Um, I'm going to read you real quick. I made a lineup based on just, you know, a couple things. Um, on FanDuel right now, and you can tell me if there's any – thing that you really don't like and then i'm going to ask you quickly who your key guys are for tonight how does that sound that sounds beautiful all right so i'm not going to give you everyone but i'm going to ah, i don't care if someone copies if someone's stupid enough to copy my lineup at this point god bless <laughs> them um yeah we'll i got let all, I, we'll let all, 
all the listeners know that he is a beginner NBA player. So if you would like to copy his lineup, please be our guest and send me all head-to-heads with that lineup. Exactly. So um, I've got uh, Kanan and and Wall at um, point guard. Uh, I don't know much about the NBA yet, but I do know that I like playing good guards or, and even mediocre and bad guards against the Lakers, point guards. I've, yep. got, Har- I've got Harden and Corver at shooting guard. I've got Carmelo and Covington at small forward. Uh, Marvin Williams and Porzingod uh, or Parzingod at power <laughs> forward and uh, Capella at center. Well, I will throw in my two cents here. I am on the Never Play Carmelo Anthony fan club. I'm probably the president. And it's not because he won't get you the fantasy points. It's just because I don't like Carmelo Anthony as a player. He's a and, ball and stopper. And who can blame you? Well, exactly. And he's, he's a ball stopper. And when I look at him as, at DFS, I think, okay, he's going to get me 30, 40 points just off points. He's not going to get me any assists. He plays very little defense, and, you know, he's never on my radar, and, you know, I'm not sure why, but it's very, very rare that I play him. But I don't don't, uh, yell at people who do. That's just one of my um, do-not-play guys. Let me jump in in for a second, and I'm just going to say that is, A, part of what I'm counting on, and, B, the Sixers have been terrible at defending the small forward position. Absolutely, and you saw that last night. Uh, one thing I do worry about is the Sixers are playing on a back-to-back coming off a high, and I could see the Knicks um, winning that one handily and, and Carmelo resting quite a bit. But you never know. The, the Sixers have been playing a lot better. And uh, like you said, if you're targeting teams to play against, the Sixers are the team. Uh, my lineup now, last night consisted of a lot of Lakers. Now, I will um... – be making other lineups later. This is just a two-dollar lineup, and oh, yeah. the, the one guy I wasn't going to play was Covington because the uh, the Knicks are surprisingly pretty good against the small forwards with defense. Uh, but when I put in the other guys that I liked, I had sixty-four hundred left, and that's what he cost. So I, that's why I played him. But now what, let's not spend too much time on this because we got a lot to get to. Um, and we might not get to it all as we're learning to do time management and things of that nature. But let me get your – who's the one or two guys that you're, you really consider foundation pieces for tonight? And then give me a value play or two that not everyone else is going to have. And the reason I say that is on the other night, Bayless was like, what, 67% owned yeah. on certain drafts? You know, it's not only important to have good, and and I think Alex Len is going to be that guy tonight um, after his strong performance and his low salary. So give me your couple building block guys and give me one or two value guys that might not be in a lot of lineups. Well, the two that I'm going to build the lineup around is actually one is opposite uh, Len, and that's Andre Drummond. Um, Phoenix is coming off a back-to-back. They play at a pretty high pace. And like you said, it's Alex Lynn and Alex Lynn and Alex Lynn. And I just don't think any of those guys can rebound with Drummond. I think he'll get some extra points via block. And if they start fouling like um, the hack of Drummond, that just gives him extra opportunities to, to rack up points from the free throw line. So I start my lineup with him, and then I add Paul George. Um, he's playing at, at L.A. against the Clippers tonight going to be a high price game and I tell you what I have been so impressed with Paul George coming back this season off the the broken leg he is far and above the most improved or comeback player of the year so far he's just been amazing so I start my lineup with him and do you, do you worry my, about him playing against you know he's playing so I'm going to surprise you with some of what I know already um do, do, you know he's playing a lot of the four and he's playing against Blake Griffin. And, I, and, and a little of what I've heard so far is those two guys are, are both really good choices tonight. But do you worry about them playing so hard against each other on defense that it might minimize their offense? No, and 
to tell you the truth, Blake Griffin was my next pick and that, because Chris Paul is likely out tonight and all of the production will go through him. I mean, DeAndre Jordan is in the score and, and Jamal Crawford and Redick and those guys are all secondary scores. And the thing I'm looking for is somebody is going to score. Somebody has to score. And like I, we said the other day, minutes equals money in daily fantasy basketball. And Paul George is going to get the minutes. And I like that Blake Griffin's holding him because it gives him an advantage on offense with quickness and being able to get to the basket. And just because you don't score, uh, Paul George is a triple threat or a triple double threat every night. And I think that's one of the keys is, is why he's near the top for me tonight. All right, cool. So um, a couple value plays and we'll transition over to football. Like you said, a lot of people will be on Alex Lynn tonight chasing those points from last night. I'd like to pivot off him at center and go look in Charlotte. Al Jefferson's going to be out for a few weeks, and I think Spencer Hawes is going to get most of the minutes there at center. So I'm going to look at that and uh, start there for my value. And then what, I How guess, do you spell uh, his last name? Spencer Hawes, H-A-W-E-S. And I'm oh, there used to be a guy who played for the Hawks in the 70s by that name. Oh, maybe a, a, a relative. Um, and then I guess my next value play is kind of combined. I like Aaron Afalo. Like you said, uh, playing against the 76ers, you try to target guys. Afalo had 31 points the other night, but Carmelo was not playing that game. But against the Sixers, I, I think, you know, he'll get the minutes and he'll get enough production to warrant his 48 or $4,600 price tag. And then my last one is Jared Dudley. He's still close to minimum, I think, 3300 on DraftKings. Washington's on a back-to-back. John Wall went absolutely bananas last night. So I look for Dudley to at least make value, you know, maybe get up to 20, 25 DraftKings points and, and, and exceed value. And I guess uh, – that's John Wall is one of the reasons we we got into my Max Delury seven game series. I know we wanted to discuss that, so um, not too many people were on John Wall last night, and I saw somebody on Twitter commented that Max had him, and so uh, I threw a few, few jabs at Max, telling him that was a terrible play, even though it was a great play, and uh, you know we went back and forth for a minute. We're DFS partners in crime, you know we. We all jab at each other, but we're all a big community. So we decided we're going to start a head-to-head series NBA uh, this week. Uh, Seven games, best out of seven, and we'll see how it goes. I think it's awesome that I get to take on one of the best in the game, if not the best. Absolutely. Um, I'll be excited to look on that and to see how you do. Uh, And unlike my series with Adam Levitan, which he had no control over and probably no interest in in football – um, it sounds like Max Delory is actually involved in this series. <laughs> yeah, it's actually real. We uh, we set it up via Twitter, and you know, uh, like I said, I think Max is is one of the best, if not the best. Uh, you know, we get guys throwing jabs at him for using computers and algorithms, but I mean, that's our game. You you have to study, you have to stay on top of it. You know, if you want to be successful, and you know, just kudos to him on on you know, being as good as he is, but also being, you know, an advocate of the game and, and trying to do what's best for our game and, and, and keep it around and keep it safe. Awesome. So, yeah, we'll have to do that and talk more about uh, some of the upcoming suggested legislation on another pod. But without further ado, um, I am going to skip over my little saga because it just really isn't worth it. And I want to get to teaching people to fish. And as I mentioned in my opening statement, um, I really feel like almost every podcast just spits out the results at the end of the week. And as a new player to certain sports, most of the websites out there, you, you know, you can pay for a lineup, you can pay for the best plays of the week, but you're you're not always being taught how to do it yourself. And part of that, I'm sure, with some of the guys is that they want to keep you beholden because, you know, they like your subscription. Now, I give Fantasy Labs a lot of credit. They have a high fee, but Fantasy Labs basically give you all the tools that you need to do it. But I didn't feel I was ready for that. But why don't you tell me, you know, Monday night football's over, 
and we know you're going to talk a lot about basketball uh, the next night. But what's the next step for you as you prepare for week 13? Well, I mean, of course, it's always review, looking at the injuries, looking at, you know, uh, the upcoming games for the week, the matchups, maybe try to see what games are going to be super high scoring, what games are going to be super low scoring. Um, And even further in-depth, like coaching changes. We've had a few coaching changes over the last few weeks with coordinators. And I learned that from uh, Jordan. Uh, Most of you know him as JM for the win. Um, He talked to us about that at the Daily Fantasy Conference, just looking for the little things, um, coaching changes, watching film. You know, I I tried to incorporate a a little bit of what I learned into early week uh, studying now. Yep, and and I'm, I'm hindered by having a full time job, and this this is kind of my slow season because most people have bought everything they're going to buy for me for holiday. Uh, but normally and typically, I don't have time to watch all the games. But you know, you doing this as a full time player, I guess. Do you watch a lot of the games after the fact? I watch more clips, um, like uh, Jordan was saying. You can kind of get it condensed down on uh, some different sites or on the NFL uh, subscription. And you can watch a game or just some clips. Uh, you can probably watch a full game in maybe a half hour, 45 minutes. Um, and that's just something I just started doing because, like you said, uh, no information is too, uh, too much information. And I thought that was, you know, something new that Jordan talked about that we could bring to the table and maybe even, you know, become a little more successful. Okay, so um, you, you've gone through all those things, and, and I agree with you. I mean, I've always done very well at fantasy football just by outworking other people, and Twitter is an amazing, amazing way to do that now. Um, if you're not already, you absolutely should be following all the beat writers for the teams of the sports you're yeah. interested in. That, I think, is something that is crucial because you will get some tips that can make you money. I got a great tip about uh, Diggs. Now, he's slowed down, but in my redraft leagues, I got him off the waiver wire in a midweek before he went off big his first week, and he helped me to win a couple weeks, and he was also a good waiver week you know, third, fourth wide receiver on my fantasy teams. So uh, don't underestimate the power of following people on Twitter. Well, that, and I also think one of the reasons that I stopped doing season-long NFL was because I was doing so much work and being so persistent. My friends would yell, people would, why are you sending so many trades? Well, I'm trying to win here. Well, you send 10 trades a day. Well, all you got to do is hit decline, you know. But that's why I love daily so much is I feel like the work that I put in, you know, is actually beneficial for that week. You know, I don't have to wait 10, 11 weeks to see see the results. So that's one of the reasons, you know, I love daily fantasy so much over season long. I was very successful at season long and I get bored after I get good at things and I didn't feel a challenge and I was just showing up the last few years. But based on my studying that I've been doing for daily fantasy, I have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in first place in most of my leagues other than the Phil Sims one that I told you about, which I completely crapped the bet on. But, um, you know, I went four and oh this week in my other leagues And typically I'd be thrilled, you know, on a high the next day. But because I slightly lost at DFS and lost about $50, $75, you know, I was bummed out. So it's just funny how life can change and turn so quickly. So what what advice would you give to new DFS players or players who want to get better as it relates to early in the week process? I just – Start slow. Take a look at the games. Take a look at the matchups. Don't start with looking at the lines. Just draw your own conclusion before you look at the lines. See if you can pick out any value plays. See if you see any must plays in those games, even before you you look at the lines, because you don't want 
any information that is not yours to skew your first thoughts. Um, there's an old saying, you know, the first thought or first act is always the best. And I was telling you that yesterday. If I make a lineup, I used to maybe go in and change it. Now I don't because there's been times where that first lineup that I made was the best lineup. So rather than make changes, I'll just make a whole new lineup. And I know most people or a lot of people don't have the bankroll or or things to do that, but that's a huge suggestion for me is keep that first lineup that you make because a lot of times your first thoughts are going to be the best. Absolutely. And I had done that two weeks ago when I did well. And then last week I was all over the place again. So what I did was I tore down all the lineups that I had toyed with, went back. And basically what I did was I make one lineup based on my best, what I think is going to be best. And then I have JM to win suggestions and I make a group of lineups off of that. And I pay for daily Roto drew Dinkmeyer's thing. And I made lineups off of that. I actually went back and tore it back down so that I could keep track of my process. And I would say more, you know, I'm new at this and I haven't had the success you have, but I think very strongly that you have to trust your gut and if, and you have to keep your thought processes separate. Because if not, if you just jumble all your lineups together, you're never going to be able to go back and analyze where you went wrong. Absolutely. And that's one of the the things that actually brought Max Deluris and I NBA matchup together is I fully feel that you have to understand the sport. You have to know the sport to get that gut feeling, which is why I feel I'm better than anybody that uses a computer algorithm or, you know, uh, analytical devices to make their lineups because I have that, you know, that gut feeling or I've been watching the games and I see how the, these people play. And I think just being a, in athletics and, you know, being a coach for so many years and just loving sports, I really, really feel that that gives me an advantage over some people that, you know, may not have that, that skill. I, I, I couldn't. Ag- well, I think it's both, right? I'm not a numbers Absolutely. guy. I'm more like you. I'm a, I'm more of a gut guy. But I also greatly respect numbers, and I wish I could put together an algorithm like these guys do because then I could take it and use my gut. And one of the other big advantages, as you mentioned, is the ability to make a lot of lineups. You know, if you're going to make 50 lineups, you really don't – and let's say, you know, your bankroll is only $100 for that week. Well, I'm I'm more and more getting to the point where I would rather make fifty one dollar lineups than you know ten five dollar lineups because right. all I need is one of those lineups to hit, and of, of course part of that also is are there enough guys that I like that week that would make that to make sense? Yeah, and I think that's why I had a little more success this week because. You know, I had two, three, four main lineups, but then I took all of those guys and mixed them together and ended up with maybe 10 or 12 lineups. But when you have 10 or 12 lineups and five, six of them consist of Sammy Watkins, Odell Beckham, and Adrian Peterson on the same team, you're going to have a nice week. Well, I wanted to kick myself in the groin because I listened to you on LaFell, but not on Watkins. And I kept staring at Watkins all week, and I just, I just didn't pull the trigger on him. And then, you know, as I mentioned to you, on Sunday morning when I heard about the rain, I took Macklin out of a couple lineups. I really felt strongly that he had had a couple bad matchups and that they would go back to targeting him heavily. And I took him out of every lineup except one, and I had had him in a couple other lineups. So even though, you know, if I had just tweaked, not, you know, if I had just, as you said, made a couple new lineups, then, you know, and, and so that is, I think for me so far has been the hardest part of, of this and in anything you do in life, you need discipline. And it's been very difficult for me not to over tinker with my lineup. Well, another thing is, is 
you have so many people that had good games on Sunday. There were so many different varieties of lineups that, that players could have been paired together to give you big scores. I had 12 teams. I didn't have a piece of Landry. I didn't have a piece of Macklin. So, you know, if the guys I had picked were the only guys that scored well, I would have cast a lot more, but it was just a big week for, for a lot of guys. So it kind of, you know, evened out the playing field a little more. Yep. All right. Well, I want, I had some more questions, but we're going to put them aside because what I wanted to do, I think an important part of um, learning to fish is, and this was, you know, something that JM to win definitely talked about at the, at the conference is, take time and go through and look at each game and think about how it might play out. Don't even break it down, you know, too much. So we're going to go game by game using the outstanding free information that you can get on rotogrinders.com done by notorious. It is the NFL first look week 13. And I love Notorious's work. I've cashed in baseball just using his grind down. Um, all right, so we're going to start. The first thing he gives you is NFL schedule and Vegas lines. So I'm going to skip the Thursday game because we didn't get to my question on the Thursday slate. Maybe we'll do that next week. The first game okay. on the list after that is the Jets and the Giants. The Jets are the home team, but we all know it's played in the the, the sh- the stadium that they share. The Jets are only favored by two points, and it's a 45-point game. Um, And then you look at the pace of play. The Jets uh, have a team total of 23.5. And I do this thing now where I take and I adjust the pace. So basically I take the pace that each team plays at, add them together, and divide by two. So the Jets this week have an adjusted pace of 66.05. And the Giants have a um, 21.5. And again, that pace is shared, so 66.05. And let's talk about who... They then just they have this thing called schedule adjusted defense versus position ranking, um, and that's really great information. Although it is seasonal, yep. so you also want to look at more recent trends. Anyone out of this game? I mean, how do you think this game's going to play out? Well, you look for Revis to to be on Odell Beckham, so Odell Beckham is not going to be in play for a lot of people. But as we talk on the show a lot, we're looking for low percentage owned people. And sure, you never want to play anybody against Revis, but this week might be a good spot. Beckham's been hot. We saw last week he can obviously catch anything thrown to him. So you might be able to sneak Odell Beckham in at a low percentage zone in a GPP and hope that he goes off and you should be sitting pretty. So I... You know, my takeaway from that is my initial gut reaction is I wouldn't play Beckham in a cash game because of the Revis being on him, but he could be a nice option. I would say maybe I'd put him in the – I think what I'd like us to do is start, like, giving percentages. You know, I would consider Beckham for about 20% of my tournament lineups just – you know, again, this is initial. This is early week process. And the other guy who really jumps out at me, I mean, screaming jumps out at me um, in this matchup is Ryan Fitzpatrick and his two wide receivers. The Giants are dead last in fantasy fan duel points scored per week uh, for the season. And Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in on DraftKings at $5,200, only $200 above the minimum. Would you share my view that that's... Oh, he's basically begging you to play him. Like if if you are not playing Fitzpatrick in a lot of your tournament lineups, and I would even say, you know, for early week, I look at him as a cash option because 
Marshall and Decker have been amazing. You also have the running game, you know, that, that has been a plus. And like you said, the Giants' defense is atrocious. So the Jets are going to put up points. You just have to pick the right pair. Are you going to go Fitzpatrick and Marshall? Are you going to go Fitzpatrick and Decker? Or are you going to go ahead and, and, and try both and go Fitzpatrick with Marshall and Decker? So uh, Yeah, I exactly. Mean, and, you know, I, um, Jonathan Bales uh, laid some knowledge on me early in the season that 39% of lineups last year on the Millie Maker had a quarterback match with one of his wide receivers but only 4% of lineups had a quarterback with both. So if you talk about a way to differentiate your lineup and be contrarian, that's something I'm always willing to consider. And I, um, Lord Reeves does an excellent uh, breakdown on Roto World every week. And he, one of the points in this game that he made was that both Marshall and Decker have had an amazingly safe floor each week. Yeah, and I, it seems that any week that Decker's playing, he scores a touchdown. And uh, I didn't realize that until uh, Davis Maddock um, tweets every time he scores a touchdown, and it's just been crazy. One Every week that he plays, he, he literally scores a touchdown. He might only have four catches for 40 yards, but he's got that touchdown. So, I mean, like you said, the the Jets should score a lot. They have been throwing the ball. Uh, great the last few weeks and they're only you know getting a weaker defense so I think the Jets are are a good play with our first initial look of the week good so and we'll we'll get back into this on our Saturday show um, if we can do it I know we're both going to try and do it and oh we'll um, be able to do it all right cool so what we're going to do now is, since we only have 10 minutes left, I'm going to start going through some other games, and we'll do, we'll do it from the highest um, point total down. So at least we cover the key matchups. Um, the Saints are, sure. are, are home against the Panthers. The Panthers are seven-point road dogs. I mean, favorites. No, seven, yep. Uh, and there's a 49.5... Um, Vegas spread on this. Um, the pace, the adjusted pace for this game is going to be 67.5, which is very nice. Um, you know, you think of Carolina's a little bit slower paced team, but the combined yeah. on this is very nice. And then you look, and we all know that the Saints have been a complete crap show as it relates to team defense, they are 30th in uh, giving up points to a quarterback, 26th to a running back, 24th to a wide receiver, and 32nd to a tight end. So obviously, if you're going to pay up for quarterback this week, I guess you have to consider Cam Newton. Absolutely. I mean, you have to consider him every week for the simple fact that his rushing touchdowns are two more points for you than his passing touchdowns. People don't really look, but if, if Cam gets you only 160 yards passing with one touchdown, but still gets you 80 yards rushing and two touchdowns, that's just like throwing for 300 with four touchdowns. So he always, he, those legs are such an advantage for him as a quarterback, as far as daily fantasy. Now, do you consider the fact that because, on DraftKings, you get points for 300 yards, and he's more likely to get you points in a variety of ways. Do you play him more on FanDuel than on DraftKings? No, because he also has the ability to get you 100 yards rushing for the bonus on DraftKings as well. So you might give up the 300-yard passing bonus, but you, you still have a chance to get a 100, 100 rushing yard bonus some days. So with Greg Olson, his number one target being a tight end and the Saints being so bad against the tight end, that obviously is something that would just jump out at you as an early stack this week, correct? Yeah, when I look at that game, that's the only real stack that I feel comfortable with. And it's weird because you said the pace of play and everything leads you to believe there's a lot of players to be had from this game. The problem is, is it's New Orleans versus Carolina. 
you would have to take the football card of each player and put it on a dartboard and throw a dart at it to pick your player because you don't know whether to pair Breeze with Cooks or or Watson, the tight end. Um, you don't know which receiver might catch a, a, a couple extra passes from Cam, if it's going to be Ginn, if it's going to be uh, Funchess as a new fad. So that's the trouble I have with this game is both teams spread the ball out so well that there's not really a go-to guy other than Olsen. And, and you know, again, a way to be contrarian could be naked Cam. Yeah, absolutely. And, and hope that, you and, know, he spreads out. And naked Cam means, by, you know, because I, I hate when guys do this. When you say that someone's naked, what you're saying is um, you're not stacking them. They're by themselves naked. Yep, no other, no receiver, no tight end. But yeah, that uh, I I love the idea of playing Drew Brees this week because I feel like they're going to be playing catch up uh, the whole time, and you know Brees can put up numbers, but I, I'm afraid to of who I can pair him with. Uh, I made the wrong decision last week when I made my Russell Wilson lineup, and I I had Baldwin in, took Baldwin out, and made a Jimmy Graham stack, and that that cost me so. That's just scary when you don't know who to stack. Now, does it worry you at all that the Panthers are seven-point road uh, favorites? A lot of times when teams are uh, seven-point-plus road favorites, um, the game ends up a lot closer. I That doesn't bother me this week, but what bothers me is I could see this game having high ownership because of the high Vegas total. And I could I could easily see you know if I was a betting man I, I would bet where, the under. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Carolina is going to try and slow the pace down because New Orleans plays very fast turf that they have down there is a little faster. So uh, I, I agree with you. This game scares me, even though it has a high total and high pace. All right, good. So um, while we might not get through every game, at least what we're doing is giving everyone an opportunity to consider certain options and the type of thoughts, you know, uh, the game scripts. And then, you know, we'll go a couple more games until I start hearing in my ear that I've got 30 seconds left, but, um, (laughs) but that, um, you know, it's, uh, we're giving you a good way to start to think about your games. And that was a big point that JM to win made at the seminar. The next game has a 49-point total. It's the Patriots at the Eagles. The Eagles look like they're in a free fall. And the Patriots, you know, their receiving options are dropping like flies. Uh, The Patriots are 10-point favorites at home, which is another concern. If you are thinking of investing a lot of money in Tom Brady, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Well, I think I was a, a week early on LaFell. Um, LaFell probably is a must play again for me for the simple fact that Tom Brady has no one else to throw to. Um, if Gronk is out, Chandler again is a must play, but he's going to have probably 70% ownership, I'm guessing. At $2,500 on DraftKings, he's looking at seven or eight targets. You know, that's a must play for a lot of people. So, with the injuries that the receiving core of the Patriots are having, you're down to LaFell and and Scott Chandler's only options to throw to. So well, Amendola you, might come back. Yeah, he, he's questionable. But if not, I mean, you're looking at, at maybe running backs, uh, James White and Brandon Bolden that are going to go out and catch five or six balls that could be punt plays. But, you know, other than LaFell and, and Chandler, uh, the Patriots, you know, there's nothing that really sticks out unless you want to count on uh, LeGarrette Blunt getting a lot of the carries and hoping that he scores a touchdown or two. Well, the thing that's interesting to me is that if you, you know, obviously it's a fast-paced game with the Eagles. Their defense has been in an absolute free fall. Um, but when you look at their defense, they're actually six best against the tight end, the wide receiver position and the quarterback position that have been torching the Eagles all year, um, which goes back to your point about Brandon LaFell. And the thing I worry about with Chandler is, is the talent level. And I, you know, he's looked really good in spot play this year, 
And a lot of the reason is because he's under the radar. Yeah, there's you no know, focus on him when he's in the game because you had the focus on Edelman and LaFell and Gronk, and you know he can leak out and run his little sideline fade, and he's wide open. Yeah, but now so, when he's he's, he's going to be a target, you know they might uh, they might focus on him. But I just think at 2,500, he's hard to pass up. He he is hard to pass up, but it does merit consideration as you move through the week because of the high ownership. And you, do, you don't mind having chalk in your lineup, and chalk is the guys that you think are going to have high ownership. Um, you, you don't mind having two or three guys like that, but you can also, if you're trying to win a GPP and you think someone's going to have 70% ownership, if you fade them and they put up a dud and he gets you a then five you're in or great shape, then you're in good shape. But when someone's $2,500, he only needs seven and a half to 10 points to, to, to make that value worthwhile. So we, I think and, that is going to be one of the most difficult decisions this week. Well, and that's the thing. He only needs seven and a half to 10 points to make value. And all the projections are that he'll get seven to 10 targets. So uh, I, I absolutely totally agree with you 100%. I think he's a good cash game play, but you might want to look to pivot off of him for GPPs in hopes that you catch him you know, on a bad day and, and can be ahead of 70% uh, of the people at the tight end position. Yep. And one bit of good news is I, just to be safe, put another 15 minutes on this broadcast. So we do actually have some time to get into a couple more games if you're up for it. Beautiful. Um, but before we do that, I do want to cover one thing. I mean, I know that you talked to me last night and that I got blocked by a guy named Rumford Johnny, who is a expert. He does the Rummy and Ray pod. I did a skit with Arnold Schwarzenegger and there was a cute little clip I found of Rumford. And who knows? The guy's not talking to me. I don't know if this is the only reason he blocked me, but I, I just think, you know, Blocking someone is pretty aggressive, and to do it when he could have just muted me, and I never would have known he had muted me, and now, you know, he's going to stand a little scrutiny as to, you know, why why do that? So I'm just going to play us real quickly, if you don't mind, my Arnold Schwarzenegger skit. you mind? <laughs> no, go right ahead. All right, and then we'll get to one or two games before it's over. This is uh, me interviewing Arnold Schwarzenegger before his first ever fantasy football draft. And I will only play the part that pertains to football. So I'm really excited to get Arnold in here, ask him a few questions. Arnold, are you there? Who are you? Um, Todd, you were going to do the show with me? What do you want? Remember you said you'd do the show? Yes. How are you? I'm good. You? I'm very happy to be here. What do we got to do? Well, we're going to talk about fantasy football, right? Yes, no problem. Oh, okay, good. So when people would ask you to play fantasy football in the past, what is it that you would tell them? I don't play that game. Hmm. I'm not interested in that. Ah, do you think fantasy is important? It doesn't matter. Really? A lot of people think it's important. You sure? I don't play that game. Well, I play fantasy football a lot, and I've always been pretty good at it. I think it's important. Well, you must be very proud of yourself. I am, I guess. Um, What's the matter? Well, you weren't very nice to me. Uh, I was hoping... Hi, are you? Yeah, I guess. So um, now you're getting ready to play in your first fantasy league, I guess for charity. And have you come around? Are you a little bit excited about playing? Yes. Well, that's good. I was a little nervous to... Go on. Well, you're ready to do your first draft, am I correct? Yes. And do you think anyone has a chance of beating you in this? No. There's a lot of trading in fantasy. What are you going to say if someone offers you a bad deal? Don't be ridiculous. Are you out of your mind? That's pretty funny. I guess that would scare them. What are you afraid of? <laughs> and what if they offer you a good deal? I like that deal. You told me that you have uh, been studying. Do you have a favorite analyst? 2029, Romford Rhodes. Excuse me? Romford. 
Oh, you mean Rumford Johnny? Yes. Oh, he's uh, he's really good at this uh, fantasy. I agree with you. After studying with him, are you ready? Yes. A big part of fantasy football is trash talking. Have you practiced your trash talking? Well, I've got news for you. You are mine now. You belong to me. <laughs> wow, it sounds like you've been practicing, huh? Yes. And when you win, what are you going to say to your opponent? I can't wait to hear that. Game over. And what happens if they get sad that you do that? Why do you cry? That's pretty phony. And if someone beats you, what are you going to say? But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Stop it! Oh, I guess that would get him to stop it. So have you decided on anyone for the first round? Well, and I guess I'll stop it there. Um, pretty offensive stuff, huh? I mean, I heard nothing offensive, and I thought the fact that you gave uh, Rummy a shout-out was, was a good thing. I don't know why he would be upset. Now, you said he was he was. Uh, He's been famous. sensitive I, I, toward me a couple times before, so who knows, but uh, again, I just, you know, all I did was tweet him the link to that twice, and I thought he would listen and find it humorous, and obviously not. So, que sera, sera, and uh, I'm sure that I will pay him back at some point for his kindness to me. So, let's well, get uh, on to the... Go ahead. Uh, Rummy, if you or any of your friends are listening to this, we're good people, and uh, you can unblock us. <laughs> you there, Todd? I lost you. You there? Difficult difficulty. So uh, if we are having difficulties, thank you for listening.